The views and opinions expressed on Smack My Pitch Up are those of the panelists and not those of GUI Network, their sponsors, or any of the properties mentioned. Listener discretion is advised. This podcast is rated R for violence, language, and nudity. Well, it's a podcast. You won't see the nudity. I just do it to make the guest uncomfortable. In a world gone mad with unnecessary reboots, remakes, and sequels, only one podcast has the guts to make it even worse. This is Smack My Pitch Up. tried to be a part of obviously a franchise uh you know the the universal monsters uh as as well as sort of that the new 80 i guess the late 80s sort of comedies like once bitten and you know and they try to keep it in that vein and then they were like oh let's let's throw uh it's got to be it's got to be a bunch of kids and uh, i bet you that's how it developed but they were like we want to do monsters oh we're gonna have some kids and then these kids it's gonna be like fucking stand by me which I guess what year was Stand By Me? 88, maybe 89. I, I want to say it was late 80s. Uh, well, then Monster Squad may have been before it because yeah. the Monster Squad was 87. But that's something I want to get into before we even get started with our version, our pitch Oh yes, for uh, Monster Squad. Uh, welcome, geeks, to <laughs> another episode of Smack My Pitch Up. I'm Mike the Hobbit Bicket, host of this shit show. And uh, with me today to talk about Monster Squad is Kyle Smash. You may know him from Geeks Under the Influence and other podcasts on the network. And you will soon be hearing him on his own podcast on the GY network known as Smash Talk. Welcome, dude. Thank you. Uh, um, thanks for uh, having me on and then coming over here. Well, the this amount, is nice. The amount that you love Monster Squad, when you mentioned that as an idea for Smack My Pitch Up, it was kind of obvious that was the choice. Oh, yeah. It wasn't going to be a Superman film. It it was going to be Monster Squad, always. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, I, I remember, I think, what was it? Your groomsman's gift for uh, Lowdown Brown's wedding was a Monster Squad hoodie, if I remember correct. That's right. Yeah. It, it's it's glorious. Um, I, I've got it away and safe. Uh, I actually was thought about, because I wore it to the, the first Monster Mania we went to. Yeah. And uh, and I wore it pretty much the whole time, uh, but it got like dirty and I was like, I don't want to fuck this up. Yeah. You know, I'm sure I can order one online, but it was a gift. So now I've got it set away. But yeah, I, it's 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 part of my group of preciouses. Yes. That's for and sure. speaking of preciouses, that's kind of how I feel about this film. I remember I had signed a petition years ago to re-release Monster Squad on DVD because it was out of print for the longest time. And mm-hmm. then one day I was in a in a record store, I think I think it was at Plan 9. And I saw it for 14 bucks on, on the DVD. Yep. I did not know that it had gotten re-released and it had just gotten re-released. And then uh, went and, you know, of course, went home immediately, watched it. And I, I mean, I wouldn't say necessarily that it holds up so much as that the nostalgia attached to it. Oh, it's is just so strong. The nostalgia is very uh, heavy in that movie, but heavy for us. Because, you know, just like Stan, just like any of those types of films or E.T., you know, like, you know, I'm not that I'm comparing them all to Monster Squad, but I'm just in that sort of the the, the adventure, the kids and all that stuff. Uh, definitely tried to ride on those those coattails. Yeah. Uh, 100 um, percent. But also, the you know, I will say that it's one of my favorite movies because. It do, it is nostalgic, but it does. It has staying power because if you watch it. uh even the script, which really should be terrible, in, in all honesty, is is somehow it's not should be. It's a terrible script, <laughs> it's, but it's but charming. It's, it's charming. Maybe it's it's brought over from the actors so well because yeah. the kids are awesome in that. You know, they have their own version of Chunk. <laughs> you know, you know who they call Fat Kid. Oh uh, yeah, well that's that's something I wanted to get into with the mention of stand by me. Yeah. There was the chunky kid in stand by me. Yes. There's always the chunky. There's the fat kid. Uh, Stranger things took a really cool approach to that. Instead of having the chunky kid, they just had uh, Dustin with cranial crazy cranial dysplasia. There's some, and the, and the fat kid is usually the really smart kid that figures shit out. 
and that's why he's part of the crew, you know. And and Dustin definitely is one of those characters. Chunk from the, well, okay, not Chunk, but uh, <laughs> is he anymore though? He grew his teeth back. Uh, spoiler alert: If you haven't seen season two of Stranger Things, you no, should. No, he didn't grow his teeth back. He got like dentures. Did he? Yeah. Oh, oh, maybe that's what. Maybe I thought that like they grew in over that one that year or whatever. The no, case. I think that is eventually something that happens with that condition. But he's just got some sweet, sweet pearly whites. Uh, maybe he does. Maybe, maybe, maybe they're real now. I don't know. Anyways, he looked great. Yeah, I love you, Dustin. But there is this like uh, this like blueprint for kids, you know, adventure movies like yeah. The Goonies and Stand by Me and Stranger Things and Monster Squad, mm-hmm. where you've got the slightly overzealous main kid that that is just pushing way too hard, and everybody's just like, "Dude, no, I don't want to do this." There's the like older kid that's kind of a dick and is like only half into it, and then gets way into it by the end of the movie. You know, there's there's the older chick as well. There's the fat kid. There's the the gizmo kid. The, there's the, the maybe the little kid, the little sister. They have the little sister, the little sister, yeah, the one who's who could be consistently in danger. Yes, because uh, she's little and helpless. Yes, yeah. So th- there is a formula to this, and uh, Monster Squad definitely conforms <laughs> to that <laughs> very deeply. But well, on every level, they have those nuances, though, and and that's something we're going to talk about with uh, with our pitches for uh, Smack My Pitch Up. For those unfamiliar with Smack My Pitch Up, the way it works basically is we talk about our version of the movie, whether it be a reboot, a remake, a reimagining, a sequel, a sidequel, or uh, a mashup, or in some cases, not in this, but we'll, we will be planning on doing some adaptations as well of stuff that's not out. What the hell is a sidequel? Is that like a Rogue One situation where it's like a part of something but not a part of something? No, that's more like, did you ever see the Cloverfield Paradox on Netflix? Yeah, unfortunately. That's a sidequel, where it takes place kind of around the same time as the original movie, right. but in a different place or like... Same universe. Same universe and same stuff's going on, but it's a different story well actually no they were in a different universe who gives a fuck that sucked well like there's that there's a degree of that to the kevin smith movies as well where there's stuff that isn't exactly a sequel but they coincide with each other they're part of the same universe they well that that go his shit coincides with breaking through the fourth wall yeah he does keep the universe is like a universe but that's only because he doesn't give a fuck about boundaries so yeah fair enough very uh you know deadpoolish sort of personality there so uh, for yours, are you looking for like a reboot, a remake? What are, you, what are you doing with this? Even, you know, sometimes I even struggle to find the difference between remake and reboot. But but isn't a reimagining a reboot or is that a remake? From the research that I've done, because it does get a little bit muddy. A, <laughs> That's a gray area. A reboot is straight up taking the source material or, you know, do, doing your own version of the same story. A remake is kind of like the psycho uh, remake where it's almost like the same story but like I modernized. Guess shot for shot and a reimagining yeah. is taking like I would say a reimagining would be the I think 2004 Dawn of the Dead movie where it took some of the premise and just kind of ran with it on its own right and became its own movie using some of the tools that were created from the original film so there's there's nuances but they're pretty uh, close to the same you could throw that into a reboot but yeah I get what you're saying yeah I, I get the the, the the nuances All right, that makes sense uh so I went back and forth on it. You know, I already I know what my directors would be or director. OK, uh, so with that in mind, um, I'll go for a reimagining uh, because or re, you know what? I'll just settle with reboot. OK, I'm okay. not going to argue in my head anymore. OK, I'll go right. with reboot. And I already have my directors. It'll be perfect. OK. Well, uh, before we get into the directors, let's talk about the general plot. Are you looking for? basically the same plot or are you going to kind of modernize it a little bit or uh what what are you thinking um at, well you know i'm gonna ready player one that situation and if you know if you're someone out there listening to this who's read the book and seen the movie you'll know what i mean whereas i will take i would have this the plot will start with the core okay so the core of the situation is evil monsters uh are going to invade, right? So that's basically the core of the film. There's really not much heart to it. That's really the core of the film. Okay. It's not stay by me. <laughs> you know, that's uh that's the that's really the heart of it. But, you know, adventure, I guess where would it change would be the setting. Of course, probably have it in a more urbanized area or just more a city setting. Okay. With a lot more people. Where in this one seemed more like a small town. Okay. I gotcha. Um I would also I would change it from 
high school, I would probably, well, not high school, excuse me, a little younger. I would probably make them a little bit older, probably 18. Okay. Just because you can do more with those characters. Sure. If I'm writing the script, that's what I want to see, especially this day and age. Okay. Uh, teens are just too much of a pain in the ass to write. You want to go as close to the adult as you can you can get to. One also, uh, a reboot of this is probably not going to get tons of funding, so with older actors you're going to be able to not worry so much about the working hours and stuff of kids on the set so well uh, yeah that yeah. that's that is true i mean you know really if you wanted to go you could also bring uh the original cast back in because they probably most of them don't have any work and <laughs> and and i mean no offense i have not seen that they've done anything yeah. so i apologize if you have and you listen to this just know i love you i love you dearly <laughs> I would have a difference in age and maybe a difference in location. And that in itself could still keep the core of this or how the dominoes fall. But with that, uh, with also making it something new, you know, if I'm writing it or if I'm directing it, that's, that's the direction I'd like to go with it. Okay. If that makes sense. No, I got you. I'm uh, doing a little bit different from you on my version of this is that I decided to go with a sequel. Okay. Of monster squad. So, uh, all of the original Monster Squad, or, you know, let's say if this was to continue on from your version, um, I, I'd say there might be some reworks on my side as we go, but um, the basic gist is that there's a cult that has formed since the last uh, iteration, uh, since all the monsters and Van Helsing were sucked into the vortex for, what is it, a thousand years or something, I think, is it supposed to be? Oh, you're going deep with this. Yeah. And uh, and so basically the cult reopens that portal okay. and allows them back out into the world. So are they using a magic amulet? No, they are actually uh, tr- reopening it, not necessarily for the monsters, but because the amulet holds such power, they need to obtain it. They're going to harness it. They're going to harness gotcha. it, but they need the monsters end up getting out along with, you know, the amulet and everything. So like their version of the Tesseract kind of. Yeah. Cool. So. Basically, you're going to get Van Helsing back in the game, but actually like in the majority of the movie this time, whereas he was only at the beginning and right at the end, really. That's true. So you're going to get more interaction with Van Helsing. And uh, the basic idea for the sequel is that if you remember, Rudy was the older kid, mm-hmm. the kind of bad boy kid that had a good heart, but he was he was a bad boy. Rudy, eat it. He's kind of fallen apart over the years, never moved out of the town. Uh, right. He's just like kind of a, a, a not a bum necessarily, but he's, you know, working menial jobs and not really done much with his life. And uh, the other kid that is the main character in this is Horace or Fat Kid ended up uh, becoming basically a uh, famous mythology historian. Wow. Uh, from his experiences with the uh, with the monsters. Mm-hmm. And so basically when the monsters come back into that small town, the vortex opens up right where it cl- closed. Uh, Rudy calls Horace knowing his background to get him to come back. So you've got them as adults kind of reintroducing themselves to each other. And also their entire dynamic is different now because they're adults and you know, you're not the same person as an adult as you were as a kid. So there's a totally different kind of functionality to the characters than the original. Wow. That is fucking there. That's, that's a lot of detail. Yeah. Uh, so if you're, if you're coming <laughs> out with that detail, I, I feel like once you're, once you finished, I've got to, I've got to come back with something, but go ahead. So basically the gist is that Horace over time has lost a lot of weight. He's gotten his act together. He's he's happily married with a couple kids. He's got he's got his shit straight. Like okay. and and he's like a well-known like he's published books. He's a well-known mythology historian like he and he's got a little bit more info on uh, on what they might be able to do with all this than he did say when he was a kid. You know, he's now kind of taking the role of the you know scary german guy but not scary in german okay of having some of this insight i still want scary german guy there but he's like i mean he's like in a walker and almost nonverbal at this point mm-hmm. <laughs> but they kind of tie him into it because he still has a little bit of that info and uh i'm not quite sure how to tie in the scary german guy a little bit more i don't know uh, he was able to read the book but you would think horace would learn you know the, that language with his uh with his job Maybe, although you're giving Horace a lot of credit, uh, you know, he wasn't known as the smart one uh, necessarily. Not that he was dumb, but, you know, he, he wasn't Chunk specifically, but not yeah. even Chunk was known as the dumb one either, uh, or the smart one, excuse me. Yeah. Uh, well, that is a lot of detail. Yeah. And now I've, my answer can, feels completely inadequate. <laughs> 
So I'm going to go ahead and give this a shot because I okay. actually have thought about it. I just didn't think we'd have to go in that much detail. Uh, I failed. Okay. So I'm going to come back with this. Get it. Get it. So as I started with them being eight, around 18 and starting in a more in city setting as far as far as to a rural. Okay. Okay. So. I would bring in Van Housing would be the first thing I would do. Van Housing would open the portal, have the portal open. But instead of having everything happen in the beginning where he fights Dracula specifically mm-hmm. uh, and they both get sucked through, initially when he opens the portal, he opens the portal on graduation day. The uh, the kids are leaving right by the school is where he, is where the main character was played by Andrew uh, Bauer. If I remember correctly, okay, he uh, his character being 18 years old would see that portal and then walk through it. He would go up to a general curiosity and then go through it, get sucked through. Okay, it wouldn't be like a buddy cop situation. He would go there and he would meet Van Housing. Van Housing, of course, they would they would at the time they would meet Dracula. This is about 15 minutes. He gets very brief inter- information from him. So this is in the vortex? It, no, outside. Once he's on the other side. Okay. Back in the past. Okay. Van Housing would basically pick him up off the ground. Van Housing would explain to him, you know, what the portal is, what the amulet is. Of course, in this sense, it wouldn't be a big, gaudy, uh, giant rock like it is before. Sure. Yeah. I would actually, I would make it something cool. I would make it probably like just like, a, you know, like a glowing sword. You know, something that you could see would tear open the fabric of time and space. Okay. Not, not just a crystal. No offense to affinities. Like magic scissors or something. <laughs> well, you know, it depends on their budget, right? Yeah. Uh, could just be a toy lightsaber. I mean, no, at it's, this point. It, it's the bejeweled uh, meat tenderizer of myth. As long as you have yeah. the faith behind it, it can happen. <laughs> okay. So Van Housing basically, you know, as he goes inside, he explains to him that Dracula w- uh, wants to take over the world, you know, with his army and... Basically, what he would do is he would send him back in time because he knows that he can't stop Dracula there. And before he sends him on, you know, he looks behind him and he sees that Van Housing uh, has been taken out. Okay. And then Dracula jumps in. Well, he ends up on the street somewhere, opened up. The kid? The kid. Okay. But he's got the sword with him. The okay. sword is lying right next to him. So he goes into the past and he gets the info from Van Helsing. Right. He gets all he gets basically gets the, the diary. Yeah. But Van Helsing explains to him the meaning of the amulet, which would take out scary German guy. Not that I want to take him out, but at the end of the day It's he, unnecessary. It it was unnecessary. Yeah. Uh you know, they they did that. That was a much deeper thing with him because he was a Nazi. He was in a concentration camp. Oh, right, like, right, right. His right. character had a whole underlining thing that, you know, why is a grown man and have a bunch of kids in his house eating pie? Like, there's just a lot of questions there. Yeah. Uh, so I would eliminate that altogether. It's a little too apt pupil for you. A little uh, too, yeah, yeah, a little okay. too much, All right. um, which is a strong movie in itself. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but basically, he would go back. He would then go to the crew and he would say, listen. We need to bring back the Monster Squad. Be like, we haven't done that shit since we were like 12. You know, okay. like we're graduating. Like, no, we need to start this shit up. Here's why. And after that, events would start happening. Disappear- a couple of disappearances. Uh, you know, you'd start seeing people around the around the certain city blocks with blood in the alleys, you know, drained okay. from their neck. That's how it would start. And then here's here's what I would do with Frankenstein. I would actually have Dracula get Frankenstein's uh, corpse uh, or, I guess, coffin from the pier, you know, okay. from somewhere, you know, like one it gets of the major shipped piers in or something. Like New yeah. York, yeah, yeah, as it gets shipped in. And then he has to go in there. He's got to do like a vampire in Brooklyn thing. He's got to fucking wipe everyone out in the boat. I guess also Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yeah. But he gets up and he wipe, just wipes fucking everyone out. Okay. You know, big budget. Yeah, sure. This is assuming you have a big budget. You may just have one guy that he that he bites, and then just hear a bunch of screams in the. Oh bag. man! Just by the actors that I've chosen on some of these roles, like this has an unlimited budget. Like we can do whatever the fuck we want. To. Just wait till you hear my directors on. <laughs> okay, this. all right. So basically, that's the, that's what he would do, and then it, things would unfold. I, I, you know, I haven't thought about every single character. I would make Fat Kid uh, himself. I wouldn't change Fat Kid for anything. I would make him the smart one. I wouldn't make him the dumb one. He's the he is the one with dumb luck. He's the one that kicks Wolf Wolfman in the nards. Yeah, because if it wasn't for him, you know that sort of shit. That's that's what I give him. Okay. Um, and also he blew away uh, a vampire um, or no werewolf in front of Burger King. True. 
in front of the classic Burger King sign. <laughs> okay. Uh, but that, that's what I would do with Horace. And everyone else would follow into place. Now, Rudy, on the other hand, he would be, what, 20, almost 21? Yeah, like right around that age. Right around that yeah. age. Um, I would have him as a drifter. Have no connection. No one knows his so backstory. Not a high school kid. No, not just a high school like... kid. I would. Tw- if he's twenty one, he's just coming through. He's passing through from a small town into a big city. He runs into those guys. He happens to be a big horror fan. Uh, maybe Romero's his favorite. Okay. Or maybe it's uh, maybe it's any you know Bram Stoker's Dracula. Whatever the case is. Sure. That that and he meets these guys. He thinks they're fucking around. They end up being serious. That's what I would do with him. Okay. And after that, he can do his little badass thing. Okay, uh, that's 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 how I would go about it. And Frankenstein, oh my god, he just the guy I've got, I've got a perfect guy for Frankenstein. But that's where I would fall with it. Everyone else would fall into place. Okay, well then let's talk about directors real quick. Then with directors and the characters, I I like to do kind of a funny choice and then the actual choice that we've we chosen. Okay, so uh, for for director for me, it it definitely goes in line with who I've chosen on the uh, funny side for the characters as well. But I I think a, a director. That would be fun to see just like a kind of zany comedy version of this would be Todd Phillips. If you're unfamiliar, it's the guy that did the Hangover movies. He did Road Trip. He did Old School. I I don't. Uh, OK. All right. <laughs> All right. That's I have to wrap my head around that one. He's kind of like a slightly kind of jockey dick joke comedy director guy. You know, uh, it's. You might as well have Broken Lizard directed. Yeah, that. like, uh, well, not quite that zany, but uh, he he's more the, you know, second year college uh, party kid movie okay. director. All right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. Turn it into a, like a, almost like a, like a college rom-com, but with horror. Yeah, method. with a lot more like dick dead, jokes. Like Dead Man on Campus sort of. Kind of, kind of that, of kind of that deal. Yeah, yeah, oh, That's yeah. a great, that's a good movie, by the way. Oh, yeah. That's it. Okay. I can give a high So kind of, kind of going that with my funny, um. My uh, not funny, the one that I actually chose, is it seemed kind of like a no-brainer to me. Give Shane Black the actual directing reins. I mean, he's he's gotten a lot more nuanced um, as yeah. as he's gone on as a writer and director. He's has been able to do big blockbuster flicks and indies. If you haven't seen uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, it's absolutely fantastic. And uh, of course, he's done like Iron Man three, and he's he's done he's done plenty since his writing Monster Squad, and I think that he would have a really good understanding of these characters and what to do with it, even if that means that this is going to take place around Christmas. So, <laughs> Okay, you're sticking to the Christmas thing. Yeah, the Christmas. Okay. I mean, if it's Shane Black directing, then I guess so, yeah. So who do you got for directing? Okay, um, so my serious... I'm, I'll, I'll do my serious one first, because I didn't... I try to think of, of funny guys... Or, or maybe something that, and I really couldn't think of anybody to take this over. If, if anybody is going to do a remake, hell, a reboot, or a reimagining, I picked the Duffer Brothers. I, I mean, yeah, they could definitely do something. They're, like they're, this. they're perfect for it. They, they could actually do that with a budget. Yeah, they could actually do that with a, uh, with a budget, probably through Netflix. I'd like to see it in a movie theater, but. We'll probably end up seeing something like that on a Netflix. Uh, yeah, true. You know, and and Netflix, I think they they aren't fucking around with the budgets. Like they'll give them a decent budget for something like that, especially if you get like a name to like the Duffer Brothers, who basically can write their own check at this point with yeah. Netflix, or even Shane Black. If Shane Black approached Netflix and said, "I want to do a, a reboot or something or, or or sequel to Monster Squad," Netflix would be like, "Yep, here's money, here's check, blank check." whatever uh well if i had to go for my if i had to go for probably the not so serious and i say that because he's more known for this would be tim miller okay okay i think he could do a lot with that material that'd be pretty raunchy too well yeah he can go in any direction with it yeah and with the kids being 18 you gotta worry about and you know it could be a rated r film true that is very true all right so uh i told you to just pick uh about about seven characters doesn't have to be seven, but mm-hmm. up to seven characters that um, you wanted to see recast for your version of this film. So uh, what what's the first one you got there? Uh, Sean, who's the leader of the group. OK, uh, there's a there was a couple of guys, but uh, Taylor uh, Hirsch or whatever, the guy from um, the Princess of Mars or uh, 
what was it called? Oh, John Carpenter of Mars. Or? John, no, not John Car, not that, not that Mars. It was like Princess on Mars or something like that. He was on um, uh, the that football show on TV. I can't remember Var- Fri- Friday Night Lights. Friday Night Lights. Okay. Uh, oh, Dylan I know. Hirsch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Okay. I think I would have him as Sean. Uh, I think he would be perfect for that. Okay. Um, it probably doesn't mean much anymore, but Chunk, um, I would have had Jonah Hill, but I would have had Jonah Hill like pr- prior to, I think he's like almost cut now. He had like a, he's yeah, like a personal trainer. I, yeah. I don't think he's cut necessarily, but he looks like a normal shaped man now. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, here's so one of my favorites was and I, I have to pull up his name. I forgot the guy's name. I had it up. Uh, the the guy who played Frankenstein. Okay. I would have the guy who played. I just saw. I just saw the movie with the serpent and the lady. Not the serpent, but basically the character from Hellboy, and then the girl. Oh, Shape other. of Water. Shape of Water. Oh, Michael with, Shannon. Michael Shannon. Oh, yeah. That's okay. I, yeah. Well, no, I would no Michael Shannon. Maybe this is the dad. I would have. Uh, I would have the actor that played. Oh, the the creature. Yes, that's who uh, I would that's, have. Uh, I I know him. Oh, from... what's his face? No, I got to see Doug Jones. Doug Jones. Yes, Doug Jones. I would love to see him because uh, uh, Tom uh, Noonan did the original Frankenstein, and he was perfect for it. Just height, everything, kind of that lankiness. You can okay, fit in any suit. I think he'd be perfect for Frankenstein. When Doug Jones, I mean, he's such a versatile actor in prosthetics. He played. Uh, he was. Originally, his big claim to fame was, I don't know if you knew this, he was Mac the Moon Man from the McDonald's commercials in the 1980s. Was he? Yeah. Holy shit. And then he went on to be in Mimic, which is where he got involved with Guillermo, and he's been in Pan's Labyrinth. He played two uh, Pan's Labyrinth characters. He, uh, he's he been in uh, Hellboy, of course, as Abe Sapien. He was in Shape of Water. Basically, every yep. Guillermo yeah. movie he's been in since then. Uh, very, very versatile actor the reason he says that he keeps getting roles where he's a creature is that he's very, very skinny. So he's able to fit in the prosthetics without it looking bulky. And also yeah. he doesn't bitch about the 12 hour makeup sessions that it takes Fuck to get, no. get in there. That's he's his just only job. Very polite and friendly. And that's why he keeps getting hired. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually, uh, yeah, that's perfect. I, you know, that's one of the reasons I thought about it because he can fit into anything. I mean, to be honest with you, with today's technology, I would he could be the creature and Frankenstein at the same time. Yeah, I mean, true. honestly, he could, and they could they could make it look good. And uh, for Frankenstein, that was one of the characters that I kind of picked out. My funny one, and it's mainly because you wouldn't have to do a forehead prosthetic on him in, in, in prosthesis in order to get him to look like Frankenstein is uh, Ted Danson as uh, as Frankenstein's monster. Uh, that that would be I, I, my funny pick. My actual pick is: uh, Did you ever see the movie Big Fish? Oh yeah, oh yeah. You know the giant in that movie? Yeah, uh, I don't that's, know his name. Uh, Matthew McGorry is the name of the actor. He is a gigantic man, and I thought it would be really fun to Frankenstein's always a large character, but it's normally maybe like a foot taller than everybody else in a lot of these movies. If you right. just kind of exaggerate it even further and make this just a massive hulking Frankenstein that would be an interesting kind of take on it where he's you know seven foot five or something and as long as it's not like the Van Housing Frankenstein which was like something I don't even know what that was no 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 this is this is more and also with Matthew McGrory's um, condition that makes him that big Mm -hmm. he does have an interesting gait and kind of a lean to one side which I think with Frankenstein's monster would work yeah, well, the original actor did that exactly with yeah. Frankenstein. You know, so, that whole kind of lumbering, lean, yeah, that lumbering yeah. lean once he walks, uh, sort of, yeah. So I'd love to see him, uh, if not in in our film, you know, because of all these producers that are listening to this podcast, just uh, writing down ideas. Yep. Hey, we're giving you gold right now. Gold. But I would love to see uh, him, McGrory as uh, Frankenstein's monster in something. I think it would be a great casting. Yeah. No, that would be great. Yeah. You know who would be a great uh a uh, werewolf, hmm. uh, John Christ, who actually played the original werewolf. Okay, he, he played the uncle, and uh, he played the uncle in um, what the what the fuck was that movie? Gosh, I, why am I forgetting this? I'm having a terrible moment uh, here. Yeah, it, it happens. 
keep but going. For my funny Wolfman, Napoleon I, Dynamite. That's it. I thought, oh yes, he played. Yes, he, played he played Uncle uncle. Uh, uncle uh, whatever as fuck. Yeah, <laughs> Uncle whatever as fuck. Yeah, I, I don't think I've seen it uh, since like it came out on the DVD. <laughs> the DVD. For my funny one, uh, along with the whole Todd Phillips directing, I thought it'd be really interesting to get uh, Wolfman to be played by Danny McBride. It's just like an asshole redneck dude from town that gets scratched by a werewolf and then... Uh, is he going to talk as a werewolf? No, you remember at the beginning of Monster Squad where uh, he ends up getting like scratched and he's like, lock me up. You could do it opposite where when he comes out of the portal, it's not a full moon. Okay. Or it's, it's approaching a full moon. So you get a little bit of screen time of him being like pissed off um, Danny McBride that's been stuck in a portal for like fucking 30 years and is just like hanging out with with vampires and and fucking gill men and like an old dude that won't shut the fuck up about like a prophecy and just being just completely pissed off about it and just like super done with it and then you can also have him at retro 80s clothes as well and not really with the time for like the first maybe half of the movie and then when the the real plot starts getting moving is when he turns into the wolf man but he still has a mullet oh okay now, that's my funny. My serious is going with that kind of like Joe Everyman kind of look like the original actor had. Okay. But with similar storyline as far as like he you get he gets a little bit of scream time before he turns into the Wolfman mm-hmm. is uh, Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn. I'd see him more as a Frankenstein than a werewolf. And I, I think he's got that kind of blue collar tone to him that I think works for that yeah. version of the Wolfman. True. He'd be more like a Herman Munster uh, <laughs> sort of. <laughs> that's what he that's that would be a Vince Vaughn. Yeah. So uh, you said Dracula. Do you have a choice for Dracula? No, I didn't think much about because, uh, you know, that's it depends on what version you go with. I mean, most Draculas are pretty much fucking played the same. I mean, honestly, if I was going to go with any actor to play Dracula, it'd probably be Gary Oldman just because he puts the creepiest tone on it. Yeah. Uh, uh, but, you know, I didn't really I did have a funny one, which was Adam Sandler. I don't know why. I just Adam Sandler popped into my head. As didn't be a, he play a vampire in Hotel Transylvania? I mean, he did the voiceover. OK, well, but he, actually him is like, a, a, actually, I think that's why, because my daughter watches that so much. Uh, it just it's stuck got in my brain. brain. So, yeah, when I was thinking about it today, I was sitting at my desk at work and I'm like, uh, you know, Adam Sandler kept popping in my brain. I didn't think of much of a serious actor because, I mean, come on. Yeah, I mean, there's not too many serious actors that are going to take that. But funny actors, I would. I'm going with Adam Sandler. I don't. My funny or Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd. Oh, Paul Rudd would be a fun. Yeah, Paul Rudd. Dracula. Would be good. The the funny one for me is more just because I think I just want to see him in this role as just being super kind of not into it, but just feels obligated to go along with this whole ordeal after he's been in this vortex forever. Is uh, Steve Buscemi as Dracula? <laughs> No. That he's just tired. He's just worn out. Like he's not even. He's just not even feeling it anymore. Just that's, that's not bad. Steve Buscemi. Steve Buscemi I, is Dracula. You know, if 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 I'm placing him, I'd put him as the mummy. But one yeah, that right. ta- but the a mummy that talks. What? Because he looks like he's embalmed. Because he fucking already looks like he's a mummy. Like, yeah, he looks like he's right there. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, the serious choice that I had a extremely versatile actor uh, has a bit of an accent, can speak multiple languages, and knows how to do the like friendly but really in, intense and evil at the same time is uh Christoph Waltz. Oh, okay. You knew him oh, as the yeah. as the Jew hunter from Inglorious Bastards. That's a good choice. I think he'd do great as just this like especially talking to like the young kids that he's trying to like lure and stuff like that being friendly but also with that kind of impending evil floating behind the the tone in his voice. Yes, absolutely. I, I, I think he'd do a good job there. You know who I'd love to see as the dad? Huh. Or maybe because I have uh, Infinity War fever is Robert Downey Jr. I don't know why, because the dad in there is his name is Dell. Okay, and in the original movie, he's just the guy was in everything. Like you'd recognize his face the moment you saw him. Sure, he's just one of those cat character actors that's in everything. Well, you know he's you know he had some some of the best scenes. You know the uh, the hearse uh, that's kind of there but not there on the same plane runs through his car which trips him off to this whole supernatural world because before he didn't believe anybody uh, was investigating the mummy uh, who got away from the cops, you know, because in the eighties they were not very good about shit. They, they were very happy to show cops being buffoons. Yes, absolutely. Uh, you know, police Academy is a perfect example of that. 
which would be you could <laughs> Get definitely Bobcat re- Goldthwait to be the dad. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Police Academy, I'd have John Cusack be the the vampire <laughs> to be Dracula. Not no, because he can't do macabre. Have you seen The Raven? Uh, unfortunately, I have. Yeah, I, I was about to say it's not. Unfortunately, you haven't. Cause... I mean, can Adam Sandler? No, probably not. Paul Rudd, I could probably pull that off. Yeah, he could possibly pull it off. Yes, but... I could see him pulling that off. The uh, I don't have the parents in here because, of course, mine's a sequel, so it takes place years later. So the parents aren't really even part of the conversation for the most part. But oh, well, the the I don't know the mom not so much. But yeah, I did a uh, cast scary German guy. And uh, I went with a with a weird choice for my funny just because he's super fucking intense. Mm-hmm. But I didn't want to go with Udo Kier because that's like the go to intense German guy. Um, so I went with uh, Dieter Leser, who is is the creepy uh, so, surgeon guy from the human centipede. Oh, God. <laughs> he's just he's got this just very in very intense German kind of tone to him. You can old him up a little bit, and it would just take a totally different tone for that scary German guy. That's not bad. Uh, the actual choice, um, he's hes an older actor, extremely versatile. He can do a lot with just a look. Mm-hmm. Um, Peter Stormare, uh, Stormare, who was one of the nihilists from The Big Lebowski. He, he was also in the VW commercials and... Oh yeah, he's, he's a yes. I know you're talking. He's a good character actor. Great character actor, yeah. and I think he'd be able to pull just like incontinent, but still like kind of feisty. He could pull that pretty well. So I have my funny and my serious. Okay. My funny uh, would be Dolph Lundgren. Okay. Although I know he'd be probably be perfect for Frankenstein or whatever. I don't know why. It just makes sense. He played a he played well. He played a Russian on the Arrow, and he played it so well. Uh, and he's older now that yeah. I, I think that it would work for him. Uh, if I was going to go for serious, Ian McKellen. And not because of that people, just because it's fucking Ian McKellen. Yeah, and he could Actually, do... Actually, probably, I'd probably just for fun just go for Patrick Stewart uh, <laughs> just to see him turn evil. Because he did it once. Yeah, in, um, in Green Room. Green Room, and yeah. he was amazing in that. He's And he's an incredibly talented actor. He doesn't yeah. get nearly enough credit. No, he never gets enough credit. Yeah. Now, the, the one that I'm really uh, excited about is Horace, the fat kid. So in my version, he's come up and he's like, he's worked out. He's lost the weight. He's, you know, got his life together. He just, uh, yeah, just friends to, uh, himself. Like, Ryan yeah, Reynolds? pretty much, okay. pretty much. And it's not Ryan Reynolds that I chose. Uh, also, I'm calling it the Baruchel role that if I was to, uh, I'm not going to cast Jay Baruchel, but if he was to be cast, this would be the role that I would cast him in. But. I don't think you can. You go to that extreme. He's pretty tiny. Yeah, he's really, really but, tiny. I mean, what's the other choice? Is he's Frankenstein? I mean, like, there's not a lot of choices. He could here. be a mummy. He could definitely. He could be the com- comedic mummy. That's true. That's true. But for Horace, this is my fun one. I want Terry Crews to play Horace, the fat kid. Oh my gosh. Um. So, super buff black man, and then just don't comment on it. Like, don't even. Don't even make mention of like you look different. Like, don't even allude to the fact that he looks much different from. But also, he has that like former fat kid like mental thing where he still like feels kind of like a fat piece of shit and like it isn't like super confident. He's still like falling around Rudy, who is is a piece of shit, and like listening to his plans <laughs> and stuff. Even though he's got way more ideas on how to get this stuff done the right way, and it comes to him actually stepping up at the end of the day and taking charge to actually get the shit done. No, okay. <laughs> so, t- but Terry Crews, uh, like buff, like well-spoken, uh, intelligent black man playing the fat, pasty white kid. That's um, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm picturing it in my head. It's it's a very um, very. It's so they just don't they don't they're just not gonna pay attention to it the whole film. Just not even mention it. Just it not not even wink at it. Just like leave it alone completely. And uh, and all the fans of the original are just gonna be like, are they just seriously not even gonna mention the fact that it's like a <laughs> a buff black man playing this character now? <laughs> yeah, that's that would actually yeah that would be pretty. I would that would be pretty damn cool. Yeah, the uh, actual choice is, and this was an obvious choice for the Wolf Man, but. I felt like that was that was too on the nose is uh, Joe Manganiello, Manganiello who oh, okay. actually played a werewolf in the True Blood series. Yeah. And he was also in Pee Wee's Big Holiday. He's been in a bunch of stuff. Big beastly man. Yeah. And uh, very actually surprisingly funny. He's got good comedic timing. He is able to play awkward and big buff dude at the same time, which 
would work for this. It's kind of like what The Rock was trying to do in Central Intelligence, <laughs> uh, but not quite. He was still just charismatic The Rock. Because uh, Joe Meganello, I don't know if you know this, is actually an avid D&D guy. No, I didn't know He's that. like diehard D&D guy from like his youth, plays it all the time, and has been or been trying to get Vin Diesel to like <laughs> get in on his D&D game. So I, I, I know he's a big fan. I know that I've I've seen that in uh, interviews. Yes. Vin Diesel was. So I think Joe Manganiello a would be a big fan of the source material here and would will want to be part of it, but also playing kind of the awkward nerd turned buff guy. That's his life. So he would be able to uh, he'd be able to translate that relatively well for Horace. Hey, there's a good Wolfman for you, Vin Diesel. Oh yeah, yeah. There you go. Uh, hell, Hugh Jackman. No, Hugh Jackman, that was my Van Helsing joke. Um, is oh, the, okay. The uh, uh, the actual Van Helsing that I yeah. chose was uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, or Bandersnatch Cumberbun. As, uh, uh, yeah, I could see that. Yeah. I, oh, so for Horace, I previously picked Jonah Hill, because he could go either way, my side or your side. You know, he could. I would go with the version where he was a little heavier, uh, where he was still kind of playing him because I think he could play that perfectly, or he could be a more toned down, serious, almost like he is now because he can play com- comedy and drama. He's an amazing actor. Yeah, uh, he can do both. I mean, you won't even you don't even need a comedy actor. I mean, if you're gonna do a comedy actor, you might as well have uh, his gang join him. Uh, not um, Jed Apatow. Jed crew. Apatow. Yeah, yeah the, that whole crew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you and could that'd do be a, a good director for well, funny. Jay is part of that too. That's true. That's true. We could totally get him yeah. in there. Yeah, he can get your dick hard for uh, you. We got we got to speed this up because we're getting not too far from the end of this. Actually, oh, yeah. this is just it. It moves so quick when it's a film that you love. So, the title of the film. I don't know if you've thought much at um, just calling it Monster Squad again, or if you wanted to like change it or add like a subtitle to it. Or uh, no, uh, no. I mean, because if you're doing a, a sequel, I get that. But if you're doing like a reboot or reimagining, you don't really need to. If you change it, you're just you're not even really doing it at all. So okay. I would just keep the same title, Monster Squad. I wouldn't change it. It's perfect. Okay. And the same lettering. Mine as a sequel, you need a little bit of a you know bumper title on there as well. So yeah. it'd be of course Monster Squad, of course. And then just a subtitle, I would think uh Dark Returning would be a, a it's a little returning. on the nose. It's, it's a little on the nose, but it's a you know, Captain Obvious. Yeah, it's a little senses, bit, but, but that's okay. You could play with it, like uh, returning yeah. darkness or, or darkness I mean, look, returned. Listen, or... that's that. If that if if there was ever a straight to video title, that's it. That's true. So <laughs> I appreciate your confidence. You're welcome. Uh, so as far as mashups go, we had a couple suggestions from from people on social media. Uh, for a mashup with Monster Squad. So okay. just going to kind of pitch these out to you here and we can kind of play with it a little bit. First one is, up is uh, Breakfast Club. You could do a lot with that. Now the question is, do we do Breakfast Club where it's the kids and then they're talking about like, or the monsters break into the school or do we do Breakfast Club with the monsters? Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> because those are two different movies. So I would. So what I would do is I would do it over a period of three detention days. And the first detention day, you know, they go through the breakfast club stuff. Second detention day, they start, you know, or shit starts happening around town before that day happens. So they get together. And then on the third day, they realize they got to fight monsters. Okay. That's that's the way I, I would have it. I mean, some people could probably do it in one day in one movie, you know, just within the movie, just to have it one detention day. You probably could. You wouldn't have as tight of a bond, but um, if you had the same actors play them. Yeah, you could probably pull that shit off. That's what you should do. Take the original actors and bring them back for something like that. Yes, the whole crew. See, with with Breakfast Club, I think what I would do is the original principal for Breakfast Club ends up getting murdered the fuck out of by Dracula, right? Mm-hmm. And so a, a temporary principal comes in, and Dracula basically pretends to be that guy to come in and it's like a super dark like library like he's keeping the lights relatively low and he's there because one of the kids has the amulet and he's trying to get it so he's like incognito as principal guy do they know they have it no no let's 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 play it where it's like an a heirloom 
from like a grandmother or something who just recently that's passed. That's what I would. That, that's yeah, what yeah, I would yeah, do. yeah, yeah, yeah. In the shape of a sword. And so the Mr. Vampire guy, you know, you you can have like Frankenstein uh, pretending to be the janitor, but he's like really bad at. He's like painfully obviously not the janitor, <laughs> and he's just like the mop is still in the bucket trying to mop around with it and it's just not working or he dumps it over and just like walks away and it's just super clumsy and have you ever you've seen scrubs i assume so have yeah you've seen yeah. scrubs so the janitor for the scrubs would be an amazing frankenstein Ooh, good call sorry i'm sorry when you said janitor that's what i thought of i was like oh my god he would be fucking perfect and then of course in this circumstance when they go out to the gym in breakfast club uh you do the same thing but the wolfman pops out in basketball clothes straight up homage to teen wolf <laughs> that's a straight ripoff a straight of ripoff of teen wolf. can you do that <laughs> but then like basically like jumps in the air and like slam dunks the ball and then chases him or something like well, it doesn't even have to make well, sense if you're doing breakfast club if he's going to be rolling around playing basketball it needs to be where the where the dude watching them on detention uh is coming out and he's singing i want to be an air force ranger <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and he's got one shoe <laughs> yes uh, the mummy you could do, or you could even play it where it's just like he's just like this fucking husk of a corpse, and then there's some kind of bizarre situation that occurs where he's just wrapped up in toilet paper, and that's the total play off of the like the stereotypical mummy character. Well, they take him to the maybe they take him to the art class and they fucking wrap him in you know like where they do paper mache. Yeah, they're doing like the the they dip it in the, the Empire plaster. Strikes Back thing with the at ats, but with just like with with, <laughs> yeah. uh, with paper mache. <laughs> And, and the they, they say sarcophagi him real good. Yeah. You know, would you set it in present time or would you set it in John Hughes, the John Hughes 80s? I mean, personally, I'd prefer it in the John Hughes Me 80s. Too. That's a lot Me more too. fun. I mean, and you could do that. You could do that. The yeah. Duffer Brothers would be a good director of that. They would be able to bring that shit together. True, true. Uh, but yeah, no, you could do that. Like, uh, I mean, if you do it modern times, but what if you just took away the cell phones? You know what I mean? Yeah. At, at the beginning of the detention, they have to put their cell phones in a basket that's left in the office that the vampire did. Yeah, you know, there or you something. go. Yeah, yeah. Just clear that right out. You can Take keep it. it modern. Yeah, absolutely. And there's no yeah. actual phones in the so cool anymore because really what school has those anymore? Right. As long as you don't have any of those ki- any kid that says on fleek or any of that dumb shit. Oh, yeah. No, you would have to. And avoid if they that do, completely. whoever's playing Bender gets to turn around and slap them. Yeah. That's going to be part of the script. Fair enough. <laughs> I'm liking this. That's actually that could be really fun. Yeah, that could be a great time. Uh, another uh, another mashup is the Goonies. Yes, which well. that's that's a pretty obvious mashup. I mean, you it's, just basically do the Goonies, but then there be monsters about. Like yeah. I, I don't pirate werewolves. I don't know. Like there's well, there's something to be said. Like uh, you know, for like Spielberg. I mean, for me, every time I've watched the movie, I've thought to myself as I've gotten older that. You know, that Fred Decker um, or even Shane Black probably had Spielberg in mind for a lot of writing it. Yeah. You know, or you know, I, I like to think that they did. And uh, so it, it seems appropriate that if you're going to go that route, then, of course, maybe you make the director Spielberg and see what he could bring out of it. That's if it true. was a Goonie, if you're going to have a Goonies sort of story going on. That, but mixed with Monster Squad. You could basically do the Goonies story, but instead of uh, Pirate Treasure, it would be like the amulet. Well, they you know, well maybe, but if they already had, well, it depends. If you go by the original movie, in the original movie, they have the uh, they find the amulet in the house of Dracula's staying, and Dracula's looking for it, and they end up finding it through, uh, you know, for a dynamite that went off, and they went and they got it, and that's how they got their hands on it. So, you could, I mean, if you're going to do that, you could have it, you know, locked in the fucking principal's office or safe or somewhere that they've got to break through. But not setting off the the jam. So wait, are you mashing up Breakfast Club Goonies and Monster Squad? Oh, now? I'm at doing it all at the same time. <laughs> I do. It. Sorry, I just I went on this rant. Like in my head, it just seems like it fits the Breakfast Goonies Squad. Yeah, the yeah the Breakfast Goonies. Yeah, that's that works. probably the name of this uh, episode. Actually, Monster bre- Breakfast Squad. Monster Breakfast Squad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're uh, we're getting towards the end here, so okay. we we only did a couple mashups, but we're now going to get into the narration for our version. I want to throw a mashup out there. Sure, Ghostbusters. It's been Ghostbusters. a one. It's been a, a mashup in my head ever since I was a kid of Monster Squad and Ghostbusters. I don't know why. I mean, I, it is paranormal. One is dark paranormal, but the other one is ghosts and bad things too. They the cartoon probably had a vampire or two in there. I could totally see that crossing over, not with the new, but with the old, the original, the original. Would be a great mashup. Well, that would be a fun storyline with the Ghostbusters, too, where they're used to ghosts, but now they're brought to other supernatural 
creatures that they're not entirely sure how to even deal with. They're going, they're looking at the myth versus the reality and trying to figure it out. And of course, uh, Spengler is is trying to look at it mathematically, but he's just not getting his head around the fact that this is supernatural. And oh, and the kids are eighteen, and they find and they seek out the Ghostbusters because they're in New York City. Okay. And they seek out the Ghostbusters for assistance, and that's how they that's how they create the mashup. Okay. All right. I'm digging it. All right. So those are our mashups. We're now going to get into the narration um, of oh, our films. I'm terrible at this. So you're doing you're going to be doing a reboot of Monster Squad. Yes. Um, I'm going to be doing a sequel to Monster Squad. Did you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? Uh, hmm. I'll let you. I mean, if you want to go first, I haven't done it before. That's so true. So I'll, kind of, I'll, I'll, I'll show you the way. Yeah. If you do it really well, I'm automatically going to hate you because okay. I'm not going to be able to follow. Oh, it, no, but. I do it terrible every time. I always warn on, on these episodes. This is not going to be good. Like, this is just uh, sticking around. Yeah, so. this is the opposite of good. Probably. Yeah, probably. Okay, enjoy. So, so let me get the music queued up. It's been over 30 years since that small hamlet town saw history's most mythical monsters sucked into a vortex. So many years later, a cult reopens the portal and brings these monsters back to life and running rampant through the city. It is up to Rudy, and now famous mythological historian Horace, or the Fat Kid, to bring this menace to an end. This Halloween, welcome back the Monster Squad. It has all your favorite universal monsters. Dracula, played by Christoph Waltz. Frankenstein, by Big Fish's Matthew McCrory. Wolfman, played by legendary funny man Vince Vaughn. Van Helsing, played by Benedict Cumberbatch. An appearance of a decrepit and wheelchair-bound scary German guy. And that's legit his name in the credits as well, a scary German guy. Played by Peter Stormare. Over the years, Horace the Fat Kid has lost weight and become a big beastly man. And it's played by Joe Magnanello. And Rudy. I don't think we got to this part. What was that? Rudy the older kid. What was the other guy's name? Joe Magnanello. Joe Magnanello. <laughs> Rudy the older kid. is a wash the path pin. Lost his hair. Lost his job. Lost his girl. Played by Rob Cortry. This Halloween, Monster Squad. Darkness Return. See, I told you it was going to be bad. That was, yeah. Yours was, mine's not going to be that long, I can promise you yeah, that. Yeah, no, that's probably better. Uh, like, I, there's people listening being like, really? Like, you're still going. Cool. Well, that's fun. So, I think I have your music choice figured out here. Okay. So, whenever you want to go, or do you want a break? Want a second? Yeah, let's do this. All right, you ready? Yeah. In New York City, the year is 1987. There was a group of kids... Graduating from high school, ready to start their lives. The leader of this group, Sean, saw a portal open up. He walked over the portal he went through, and he met Van Housing. And Van Housing gave him a secret purpose to protect the world many, many years from now. Pretty much back at the spot that he left. And he's going to tell his friends, they're going to protect the world. And he's, and he's going to die, sending him through the portal. Sean comes out of the portal, he tells his friends. It's a story about friendship. It's a story about monsters. There's really no fucking point. But in about seven days, the teaser for the trailer, the teaser for the teaser trailer will be coming out. Stay tuned. You will have Dracula, the Wolfman, and the Mummy, and pretty much anyone else in it. I think we're going to try to get Freddy Krueger. It's not really sure. But hey, watch out for the teaser for the teaser. Fuck it, we'll get that kid from Trick or Treat in there too. <laughs> and the movie is called Monster Squad. The Monster Squad. Done. I am so fucking sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I feel like I should be absolutely hammered while I'm doing that. We, we don't do the trailers to be good at it. Like, that's not our point. Our, we're the idea men. We're not the actual, like, anyone listening men. to this and the other side is going, what the fuck? And they probably turned it down and were like, uh, okay, okay, they're done. They're, they're done. done. They're yeah. done. They're done. So, yeah, and we are, in fact, done now. Uh, we are concluding this episode of Smack My Pitch Up. Thank you guys so much for listening. Smash. Yes. 
you've got a podcast coming out on the GUI network. Do you want to talk about a little bit what the idea is, what uh, you're planning on doing with it? Uh, yeah, well, the idea originally was I didn't want to follow, you know, it's podcasts these days. It's it's hard to be different. You know, it's hard and, and you want to. Um, I didn't have any sort of special, you know, like this, like smack my pitch up. I didn't have anything or beautiful disasters. Uh, you know, I wanted to, I just wanted to have a conversation with somebody for 30 minutes, um, you know, about things that we love, which of course we do here, but without a basic structure, that was the original inception of it. Then, um, it became so much more. And now, right now the, what we have is that the listener will, co- or not the listener, excuse me, the, the code host or the, uh, the the guest will come on and they will come on with their passion. They'll come on with something they love. And the, of course they're going to come pack in information. They're going to come yeah. pack in, and it's just going to be a conversation. It's not going to be really more than that. It's not going to be a debate show. It's not going to be about, it's going to be about breaking down something regardless of what it is. As long as the person on there loves it enough, uh, you know, and I'll throw my two cents in and we'll just break it down and have fun with fi- looking at the pieces of something that make a whole, you know, a whole isn't just there. Like you break it down. There's a lot of working parts and, and, and everything that we love. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and I, I just like having a conversation with people like I have a conversation about climate change coming up or may have a conversation about George A. Romero coming up, um, or being a father, uh, you know, we might, might have, um, Scotty P, you know, from geek father come on, you know, or it might be from beautiful disasters. Maybe they want to come on, talk about schlock movies and how they're made. Uh, you know, whatever the passion is, I I just want to hear it. I want to have a good conversation and get into the, and just get into the nitty gritty. And if somebody, you know, listening in at the end, learn something from it or find something in there, that's cool as shit. Maybe I will, or maybe it'll be five episodes and (laughs) I don't know yet, but, uh, that's kind of like the counter GUI podcast where it's not friends sitting around and talking about how much they love a thing. I mean, that's part of the conversation, but it's more actually getting into the history of the, the backstory of how, how it turned out the way that it was, you know, there's a foundation for everything. Yeah. True. I mean, it's not, this isn't like how it's made or, I mean, I'm not, we're not learning how just something works, you know, like something doesn't work just because of the moving parts. Like there has to be somebody to, move those parts along sure and that's the love that they put into it i just want to i just love having a conversation like climate change if you can come pack in the facts and you're coming with climate change regardless of where you stand mm-hmm. uh cool we're gonna have a talk about it and if anybody likes it uh i'll make more <laughs> <laughs> nice so uh look out for that in uh in the next uh hopefully couple weeks right yeah well we were supposed to i was supposed to have at least two recorded by now yeah um unfortunately i had a technical failure with my laptop that tends to happen with podcasting <laughs> yeah and a, it was a, a brand new laptop so i'm a little upset about it so i gotta get it repaired by a professional uh, and once i do that then we'll be back online so looking you know in the future we will have episodes coming out maybe sooner than later yeah um, but I hope you uh, listen and listen to this because you know you can't go you can't go wrong with the GUI network or Hobbit over here. As much as I hate to say it, yeah, fair enough. It fair pains enough. me. Uh, you know, you're a big part of that. So me wanting to develop one was you and and Lowdown and everybody bringing me on with with open arms. So I appreciate that. Well, no, honestly, the only reason that we've done as well as we have over the past three years, and it's now over three years that we've been doing this, is the dedication and appreciation and interest by a lot of our regular panelists that are now coming out to do their own podcasts on the network. So you and Scotty P and Hunter and Groot and Lowdown and everyone that's in the process of getting their podcasts off the ground or already have on the network. It's really all of us together is what has made this work over the years. So it's it's a, it's a wonderful way to be heard. It's a wonderful way to be heard. It's a wonderful way to listen. Mm -hmm. If you listen with the people that you're with and you know, you're not just preparing something, which is hard to do, but you know, a lot of times if you're just having a good conversation that bleeds through onto anybody who's listening. Yep. And, and you know, that's really what it's about. So uh, I hope you didn't learn a damn thing on this episode of yeah. uh, Smack My Pitch yeah, Up. this that's was not the episode. Really, that's not the point at all of this. No, but no, 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 no. I hope it got your, maybe your brain turning on ideas for your own reboots or remakes or reimaginings. And if you have the, an idea, go ahead and shoot us a message at geeksunderthefluence at gmail.com. Hit up our hotline at 804-505-4GUI. That's 804-505-4484. You can leave a voicemail or text us at that number to shout out uh your feelings on this episode previous episodes or what you want to see in the future 
Uh, can I just end this whole Monster Squad mashup, uh, smack my pitch up talk uh, with an idea that I want everyone to fester on? I want a buddy cop. It could be a sitcom or a show or uh, a movie of the werewolf and Frankenstein uh, are detectives. And <laughs> okay. the, the big serial killer in town is Dracula. And his little his little helper, his little minion is uh, the wolfman and the creature. And okay. I want you to marinate on that. Okay. Uh, you can touch yourself if you want. I may. I, Hobbit already yeah. is. Um, not just that like idea, regularly. but any idea yeah, in general. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, but th- yeah, anyways, but thank you for having me on. Cool. Uh, so yeah, check out uh, Smash Talk when the first uh, pilot releases. We're going to be posting, posting that on the uh, homepage at GUIPodcast.com, as well as all our social media, which all of that stuff you can get at GUIPodcast.com. And uh, we'll see you guys here next week for another episode of Smack My Pitch Up. I'm a pitch. I'm a lover. I'm a Dracula. I'm a mother. <laughs> Later. GUIPodcast.com. Hey, geeks. Do you love trivia? Do you love Geeks Under the Influence? Well, you can get both by coming out to Geeks Under the Influence Trivia every first and third Monday at Fallout, 117 North 18th Street, and every second and fourth Tuesday at Wonderland, 1727 East Main Street. It's the same goofy, shit-talking fun that you enjoy from Geeks Under the Influence in trivia form. So it's a way for you to get your drink on, learn a few things, and hang out with Geeks Under the Influence. So join us every first and third Monday at Fallout, and every second and fourth Tuesday at Wonderland. Links are on the homepage at GUIPodcast.com.